Okay, Google, play the Sideline Hustle podcast. Sure, the Sideline Hustle football podcast. Here's where you left off. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Drew Lieberman. I'm slow packing. <laughs> Our days here are numbered. Even the way we've come up in the world, think about it. Yeah. We've created the website ourselves. We've made this podcast ourselves. Like everything's been done just by us hustling. And you are now listening to the Sideline Hustle Podcast. We talk about doing this show. Yeah, yeah we, we laugh and we joke and we complain about how hard we work. But if we didn't love to coach, we wouldn't be doing it. I want the good guys in. Get them out of there. I want the good guys in. To me, I think we're broadcasting the day-to-day life of what college football is. From the sidelines, we gotta hustle cause we gotta eat. From the sidelines, we got some goals that we still gotta reach. What up, what up? This is Coach Leibs bringing you another episode of the Sideline Hustle Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, your everyday quarterback, Gary Nova. What's going on? What's going on? Good to be back on the airwaves. It's been it's been a while since the two of us were on a podcast together. Um, kind of took a bit of a hiatus on the podcast scene to to grow the business in some other ways, but but we're happy to to finally be back. Definitely, big things are happening. Yeah, for sure. Um, kind of the what what instigated what inspired us to to get on the mic for the podcast was, was yesterday was kind of a, a crazy day. Um, you know, it popped up on my Instagram that a year ago, yesterday was my first ever training session with Juwan Winfrey. And for those of you guys who follow us on Instagram or Twitter, uh, Juwan's a kid who's from Englewood, New Jersey. Um, he just recently got drafted in the sixth round by the Denver Broncos, and he's a kid who I've been working with for, for a year now. Um, and it was just crazy to kind of put in perspective and see everything we've accomplished over the last year. Um, we went from, you know, this time last year, we had about 200 followers on Instagram. Now we got 44,000. Uh, this time last year, I had never even, like, I didn't even have a training business going in New Jersey. Juwan and I were just, like, working out just for fun. We met via Twitter, and now I got, like, 50 clients around New Jersey and, and five guys in the NFL, and it's just wild to, to think about what we've done in a year. Get into that story a little bit, though. Tell that story of that, of that day with Juwan. Juwan yeah. yeah. So I guess the backstory, first of all, talk about how me and Juwan met. Uh, so I, it was like early on in Sideline Hustle when I was just like not even editing teach tapes. I was just like taking little wide receiver clips and like commenting in the in the in the caption of like what it was. And uh, and so there's one like this kid from Colorado running like this this Dino route, the illest Dino route. Yeah, this slant, this slant goes slant against USC, turn the kid around and scored. So I was like, oh, this is a dope route. Like, let me talk about running a double move. And it was the first video that like went viral on Twitter, like you know, relatively viral, like got, like seventy thousand views. First one that like really popped off. Uh, and a bunch of people were hitting me up like, yo, that's Jawan Winfrey. He's from New Jersey. You should hit him up. And I had no idea. So I like you know got mad attention, and he gained a bunch of followers from it. So I DM'd him was like. Like, yo, like, my name's Drew Lieberman. I used to coach at Rutgers. Here's what I'm doing, blah, blah. I gave him the whole story. Um, I was like, you know, if you're in the if you're in the area, like we should we should get some work. He was like, absolutely, man. I'll be back like these five days, whatever. Um, so he came back, like just like random. We didn't know each other. One of those days, he was back for like Christmas break or something. We met up, got some work. He loved it, and and the rest is history. That's really a credit to him, cause like he really did not know you from any facts. And and I was so he was texting me yesterday uh, with the Broncos. He was sending me some film. Like he he got shoot out yesterday for the first time. Like was supposed to break one route off like from the top of the numbers. He got pushed too far inside. Like wasn't like. He'd, he'd been balling the first like five six days in yeah balling the first like day where he kind of had some setbacks which obviously is going to happen but i was thinking about this and like he him and i like he didn't know me didn't need to meet up with me 
And then like ever since then, he's like, there's never been any like backlash. Whatever I tell him, he just like has trusted me and he does it. And like, you know, he's been sending me film every day after practice all year last year in Colorado. Well, what do you think about this? What could I do better? And there's never, you know, some guys, like I'm very honest with him and I criticize him. I, I'm careful about the way like I, yeah. I, I, I phrase it. But like, I'm not, like I'm, I have to be honest with him for him to get something out of it. So a lot of times I'm criticizing him and he's never taken it the wrong way. Never had an attitude. Like it really is credit to him. And, and the way he, he receives criticism, I think is really impressive for a young kid. Yeah. I just remember that day when you hit me up, like, yo, we're about to go train, like Juwan Winfrey, right. like come through. And I remember just being there like, Yo, the sideline hustle, like, nobody knew what it was. Nobody like, anything, you had t-shirts, kids looking at it, like, Yo, what is yeah. this? Like, Nah, it was funny, because at that point, all we had was, I guess we had one podcast season under our belt that we that we recorded while I was still in Connecticut getting my master's. In the bike shop. Right, I used to drive down for, like, I used to drive three hours down to record a podcast for three hours and drive three hours back. <laughs> but, like, we got it done. We So all we had really was, you know, 20 podcast episodes, which, like, was successful. Like, the podcast was was pretty big at one point. Um, but then it was like around now where I started posting consistently on social media, like with the teach tapes and stuff, and we started to blow up. But like, yeah, it was just like, we had the vision. You and I had talked about it, but no one else knew who we were. Nobody really cared what we were. Like, it was crazy, the point we're at this year. I remember the craziest, like, when we had the, when we had the first conversation at like, when we met up at Midland Brewhouse, yeah. we were talking about like stuff and we were like, yo, like people are starting to post like these training videos now, but like, right. there's gotta be a way that if you post a video, but you like edit it nice and like dope, saying, yeah. that it'll blow up. And that's exactly what's happening. Exactly like, it is, it is interesting. Cause I feel like this entire time we've always kind of like, it, it starts first of all, that you play quarterback in the big 10. I coached in the big 10. So like we've, and then now we both coach high school football. I've coached D3 football. So we know the business inside and out, but I feel like we've always just kind of like look, taken a look at the landscape and figured out like, all right, how can we do this a little better? Um, and always just tried to innovate, which I think is why, you know, we've continued to kind of stay on top and, and continue to gain followers and, and, and build the brand. Blew up real quick. Blew up, man. Like, it's wild. And I was telling you this right before we hopped on the air. Like, as once I posted that shit last, yesterday, once I posted that yesterday about how we uh, we went from zero to 40 or 200 to 44, I've had like seven, eight people hit me up about like, are you guys hiring? Or, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something. Like, all these people now inquiring. People just want to be like, down with it now. Yeah. Everybody wants to hop on the race. 100%. Everyone's trying to get a piece of the pie um but now nah, it's crazy man like so so Jawan is doing really well i think he's in a perfect situation in denver um i think he's really gonna gonna have a lot of success there and make an impact early um now we're training uh, mike burton who is the fullback for the lions and the bears the last four years in the nfl uh he he played at Rutgers, so i knew him through that uh, i've been training him for about the last like you know three months and then he just got signed by the saints which is which is big time for him um carl nagadosi who's another Rutgers kid um, is now on, is is on the Eagles um, and working with. I've been working with him on and off kind of the last two years, but really consistently going uh, the last six months or so. Um, obviously, for you, those of you who follow us, I mean the the the, the most exciting thing is that uh, you know we we started to work with Mohamed Sanu. I uh, trained him a couple times, probably three or four times before he reported for OTAs. But even even cooler than that is we we partnered with him and his brand uh, Bean Talk, um, and, and we're starting kind of like a talk show on Instagram Live. Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. where he, he was on Instagram Live this week just talking about receiver play, answering questions from the audience. We're going to get a different NFL receiver on every week. Um, should, should I announce who the next two are or you think I should keep it a secret? Nah, keep that a secret. Keep that a secret until you post it on the page. So so tune in tune in Monday on the on the Instagram channel and you'll see uh, 
you'll see who, who the next guest is. The next two are pretty cool as well. So hopefully we'll have some cool guests on there and, and, and that'll kind of take off. That'll also be obviously on the podcast channel so you guys can look for that here. I'll post I'll post Bean Talk right after this episode comes out. I'll post this new episode. And shout out to Mo for, for believing in you and believing in the Sideline Hustle for, for what it is and partnering up. That's huge for for, uh, for Sideline Hustle. For sure, man. He's been great. Like he's, he's super smart, super intellectual, super thoughtful about all this stuff and like it's been all positive from him. Like he thinks we've done a great job with the brand. Him and I have been talking for a while on Instagram now, just like talking about receiver stuff, but no doubt shout out to him for, for believing in us and, and agreeing to be a part of it. What do you got, bro, on your end? What you got to update the people on? Pram is Catholic football. <laughs> the big north, the big north. I'm losing my voice yelling at these kids in the lift. In the middle of May. <laughs> in the middle of May, trying to get these guys ready. Um, yeah, man, just like we were talking about earlier, like the big north, this league that we that we coach in now, um, and just how much, like, it's just so much drama and there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes and everybody thinks, and I, it is a great league, there's a lot of great teams, but it's just so much work you got to put in. It's like a full-time job. It really is like college football, but you don't get paid like college football, so it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's uh, I, It was my first year experience. Like you played, obviously you played at Bosco, so you knew it that way, but... It was both of our first years coaching in the Big North last year. Um, and I'm taking more of like a part-time role this year at Bosco just because like the side hustle is blowing up. Like last year I was turning down meetings and turning down opportunities. I had to go to practice. Yeah, you were invested in that, yeah. And I was just like, I can't do that again this year. So I'm still the receivers coach there, but just just much more part-time. I'm going to have to miss practices for certain things. Um, but it's a lot, man. I, I, I was not ready for how full, like as soon as June 1st hits, it's literally all four days a week, every week for, for the rest of your life until until December. Yeah, that's all it is. And then when the game starts, it's like, you know, you can try to think about other stuff, but the games are so big that you got to prepare, you got to watch the film, you got to get the kids ready. You're playing against four and five star prospects every week. like Exactly, the talent level is crazy, so. Nah, no doubt. That's the biggest thing I love about this league, though, is the competitiveness. Like, that's what's fun about it. I mean, like, I was a little, sh- like, I, 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 I was hoping it was going to be a little more hands-off just selfishly because I need the time to be able to run this business, um, which is why I'm in the, but, but like the competition is second to none, bro. When you're out there in practice, the way the kids compete just against each other, um, and, and then obviously the games are, are like college football games. So so it is it is a special league that way. Um, but but if, if you're going to coach here, you better you better know what you're signing up for. Yeah, you sign up full time, a lot of commitment, but like it's, it's good, it's rewarding with these kids. And uh, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. But yeah, man, the training business has taken off, which has been dope. And I was talking about, we had 22 kids at a training session last night. Had a kid who flew in from South Dakota. Um, this kid, Adam Anderson, who's going to be a redshirt senior at South Dakota State. Met me on Instagram. Crazy. crazy, bro. Yeah, met me on Instagram. Shout out to him. No doubt. Hit me up and was like, yo, coach, like, I really love what you do. You know, I literally view you as my receivers coach. Like, you've been helping me improve my game. Like, all the drills you put out there work. I've been trying them. Like, can I come train with you for a week? And we set this up like two, three months ago, and he came through this Where week. Where he even stay at? Hotel? He, he bought it. Yeah, he got a hotel. Like, he, he he's invested in it. I, he had some family around here. Um, so, I, I don't know. But, like, I think he just dropped the bread to, like, stay in a hotel. Um, you know, a guy, I think he rented a car and, and was just was, was here for a week. We got four days of work in. Um, but it was, it was just crazy reflecting. Like, I had, I had this group of, like, you know, probably 11 college football players yesterday, 11 high school kids. And it's like they're really just become a family, and and I think it's just credit to this culture. I think I think I think a lot of it has to do with just like the the fact that I try to let all the kids, you know. I think a lot of coaches in general 
a little too obsessive about like control, right? And like forcing everyone to be the same, like you're gonna act the same way, you're gonna run this route the same way, like every, you're trying to fit everyone into a box. And I've always been against that. I've always, to me, there's a very high standard. There, there's a certain expectation that you better reach. And if you don't, there's consequences. But other than that, like be yourself, like run, like everyone's gonna have a different style of running routes. A six, six kid is gonna take another yard, yard and a half to get out of a third inside curl than, than a six foot kid. So you gotta kind of be willing to adapt that way. But also just as people, like, you know, they, I, I let the kids kind of come and be loose and joke around and enjoy it. But when it's time to go perform, like they know, right? Like they know if they're not going to come right, like I'm going to rip them for it. Um, and I just think that kind of culture has been awesome. Like these kids come and they, they, they're they so close to each other. They're all coaching each other up. Like we had a big group yesterday. So I was stressed like, yo, I need to get these kids reps. But all of a sudden I turn around and like the older kids are coaching the younger kids up in the box in the back. And yeah, they're taking each other under their wing and they don't have to do that. It's not like this is. Don Bosco, where you're all invested towards winning a state championship yeah, together. You know some of these, right? Yeah, like these kids have no business being around each other, and they're all like just helping each other grow, and and it's really cool to see, and it's it's cool to see these kids traveling from all over, and it's just cool to see the success we've had. I mean, I think a lot a lot of it is the fact that they believe in the coaching so much, and and the fact that they see me, you know, training Muhammad Sanu and 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 Juwan Winfrey getting drafted. Like, I think everyone kind of rallies around this, like, wow, we're getting the best we can possibly get. Like, this is the best training I could I could find this is really going to help me accomplish my goals and I'm, I'm committed to this. And I think the biggest thing they bond around is that they're all taking that extra step to to, to improve their game. Yeah, and it's genuine. I mean, kids could, kids could feel that, you know, it's genuine. You're not just, you know, can't collecting the uh, cash or whatever they're paying you. You're, you're really helping them get better and then they see the results and they want to come back. 100%. That's all it is. No, it's been great. It's been it's been really cool to see, man. Like, like one of the coolest accomplishments, I had this kid who's going to be uh, an incoming freshman at Bosco next year came to me, he's like, I've only played safety my whole life, never played receiver a day in, my, day in his life. And like, when he started, like, he was bad. Like, he was, not that he was bad, like, he's a good athlete, but he just, like, was super, like, he'd never played receiver. He had no clue, no, no clue how to get into a stance, no clue how to catch a football, nothing. We've worked for, like, three months. He's been part of my weekly group where he's coming three days a week, every week, probably for three months. He just made the U. He went to a camp, and made the U.S. national team, like like for the summer or whatever, as a as a receiver. He said he went to the camp and balled out, and I was like, "Yo, that is crazy!" Like you were like so low on the totem pole, and now like you know you you separate. It's probably all about receiver. You like forget that safety stuff. Yeah, right. One hundred percent. I still think the kid's a safety, but like. You know, like it, th this stuff helps anybody. Yeah. We were talking about how the kid Mike Burton, like he was texting me after he made the team for the Saints, and he was like, "Bro, the stuff we did helped so much." And I didn't really change. I didn't like. I tailored it to him. I had bet more, different goals for him as a fullback than I would for for Mohamed Sanu. But like, we did the same cone drills, a lot of the same, because a lot of that stuff is it's body control, it's it's efficiency in the break area. Like that helps any sort of athlete that's ever gonna have the ball in their hand. Um, and even for him, we're like, he's not going to run a lot of the routes we necessarily worked on. It just allowed him to be more fluid in those situations. Um, and I think for this kid, too, whether he ends up being a linebacker, a safety, or a receiver, like, he's, he's a better athlete because of it. Yo, for all y'all, for, 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 I, so let's, let's get into this. I want to start with this lesson. So, so just want to provide, you know, we're, we're going to wrap this up pretty soon. Just want to kind of provide some insight over the last year. I think one of the biggest 
uh, things that we've learned dealing with all these NFL guys and having Jawan and, and Juju Wingate come up through, through the draft and getting to know Sanu and, and Leonte Carew we work with, Mike Burton getting signed at a minicamp. Um, we just learned a lot about the business. And I think the number one thing, like I get questions every day, coach, I want to play in the NFL, blah, blah, Like The bottom line is the only way you have a chance to make the NFL and to last in that league is that football is the most important thing to you. And like it's cut and dry, either it is or it isn't. Like if it's if it's just as important as something else, like somebody else is gonna outwork you. If something else is more important than now, I'm talking about like your family, your 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 social life, like whatever. Like it's not to say that like, you know, <laughs> that that like you know your family is as important to you, but you have to commit more time to football than you can to your family. It's just the only, it's just the reality of it. Like you have to spend hours a day on your body. You got to spend hours a day work on your craft. You got to spend hours a day watching film. Like this is your full time job. And I think a lot of people think. And even, even listening to guys who are there, they're like, yo, there are a lot of people in the NFL that are athletically gifted that just think they can roll the ball out every day and, and show up and practice. But, like, it takes so much more preparation than that. Eventually, you're going to get exposed. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many people out there that want it and love it that eventually you're going to get, you know, you're just going to get weeded out. And I don't think people realize how competitive it, it is. Like, like Jawan Winfrey, you know, you look at him, like, he was... He didn't never had the production he should have had in college. But everyone knew he was talented. Like he's a world class talent and was a six round pick just because he didn't have the production. But now you're also talking about it. The, you look at the like the crazy thing to me was the people he was taking over. Like he was taking over over Kelvin Harmon. He was taking over Stanley Morgan of, of Nebraska. Uh, you know I'm not thinking off the top of my head. He was taking over like a bunch of dudes like like five six guys that the dude from from West Virginia uh, David Sills like he had 30 touchdowns in college. Like he was taking over dudes who had great college careers. Um, and, you know, because I think he's a better prospect because he's an unbelievable route runner. He's got the size. He's physical. But, like, you just show when he was a six-round pick and all these other guys went undrafted. The dude DeMarcus Lodge from, from Ole Miss went undrafted. Like, there were all these guys he was taking over. It's so competitive. And I don't think people realize it. And I think one of our other clients, the kid Juju Wingate, he's gone to minicamp with the Chiefs, minicamp with the Bengals, um, did well at both. And now that film can be shared around other GMs but didn't make either team. And, like, he had a great senior year at Stony Brook, like, got himself to run a 4-5 for, for his pro day. And, like, it's really improved. And right now, like, he's he's struggling to find a home right now. And, like, you know, I just think people underestimate how competitive it is. Um, but, you know, we just had – I just talked about Juju with the mini camps. Burton just got signed off the Saints mini camp. You went to a couple mini camps when you were coming out of, of college. Talk, talk about that experience and kind of kind of what that's like. Yeah, the, the rookie mini camp is weird. It's 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 like a you're you're on the team for three days. If you're unsigned, like I was, um, you know, you feel part of the team. You're in the locker room. You get the equipment. You get uh, you know, you get the sweaters, your sweatpants, shorts. You get everything. Like if you were really on the team, and then um, you know, you have your meetings. They give you the playbook. They give you everything that you're gonna go over, and then you go out and practice. And just the weirdest thing that I found is like, you know, they're really they're really looking for like two or three players out of the whole entire 60 guys that are there, 70 guys, whatever whatever the case may be. So they're really looking for like two, three spots. And, you know, you can really go out there and ball. You can have, you know, the best three days of your life. Yeah. But if, you know, if you don't fit really what they're, what they're looking for or whatever the case may be, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just such a business. Like, you really feel like you're like on a, like a, like a little interview, like sitting at a desk with somebody so just on the field. So... It's crazy, and then like and I they got to bring bodies in just to feel practice. Yeah, like, so it's weird. So like, yeah, so you're like you're there. Like when I was at the Giants, uh, Landon Collins was there, so he's like the first. The, I think he was their, their second pick, second round pick, first first pick of the second round. Yeah, Eric Flowers was the first pick. So I remember like being on the bus back to the hotel after practice, and uh, Eric Flowers was like sitting there talking about how like the Giants wanted him to sign like for like 8.5 and he wanted 9 million right. and it's just like crazy like I'm undra I'm yeah, yeah. unsigned undrafted sitting next to this kid who's like 
talking about he wants like five thousand more. I mean, five hundred thousand more dollars. Yeah. Like it's crazy. But um, that type of, that first round money is crazy. Oh what? It was even wild though. Like Jawan just signed a four year contract. It was like four years, two point two million, like one hundred seventy thousand dollars signing bonus, and like. Obviously, that's the lower end. That's the rookie minimum. But, like, you're talking about a kid from Englewood, like, you know, didn't come from much, like, worked his way up. And, and now being a part of it where, like, I've helped him get there, like, it's crazy just to hear those numbers. Like, it really is, is real, you know? Like, the, the, that's all the really the draft is. Like, <clears throat> the draft is really – the higher you get drafted is all about the signing bonus. Right. The, right. the signing bonus is the big, you know. You, know, you get drafted in the first round, your signing bonus is going to be millions of dollars. Well, Kyler Murray's entire contract was guaranteed, too. Like yeah. think about that, his, his whole contract was guaranteed. That's changing a bit too. Now, like those are the perks of the first round. Is is the obviously the job security early on? Because like you know, I think the other thing people don't realize, even if you get drafted, you still got to make the team. Yeah. You have a better chance, like especially Juwan. So they traded their their sixth round pick and their seventh round pick to move up to get him. So like Juwan, they've invested something in Juwan. He's gonna make the team. Like they're gonna give him. A, they want to see a return on their investment. So like even if he were to come in and have a terrible camp. They're still going to give him a chance to like fight and make the team, but like, but even but a lot of guys like there there are teams like who was it? I think it was someone was telling me about how a team they were on Arizona last maybe it was at Agadosi in Arizona cut a fourth round pick last year. So you know because sometimes you just miss sometimes you just misevaluate the guys that come in they don't compete and it's a business and you gotta if they don't fit they just, right you gotta field the best fifty three players. Yeah, and that's something you see with Leonte like Leonte had probably a little more longevity than he deserved based on his performance, uh, because he continued to improve on special teams, but the Dolphins gave up a lot to get him in the third round. So, like, as a GM, you want to prove yourself right. You want to say, yo, he was worth the the third, fifth, and seventh round pick I gave up, so you're going to give him more chances than maybe someone who was a six-round pick. But there's always someone coming for your neck and coming for your job. Um, it's it, it's it's wild, man. And and I think that's just the biggest thing, it's just learning about the business, about dealing with all these guys is, is so interesting. And about how, like, Juju showed up at Bengals minicamp just to find out that the roster was already full. But they just needed bodies for, you know, to, to field the, the practice. And for him, it's worthwhile because you build a network, right? Like, now you got relationships with these coaches. You have three days of good performance on film. So, like, when GMs talk and a receiver gets hurt, GMs will send film of Juju Wingate if they were really impressed. So, like, for Juju, it was good. He was at two places. Now, both those two places directly, if they have a receiver hurt or someone gets cut, he might be the next call up. But even more so is that film will be shared amongst GMs. And, and when an opportunity, like hopefully he's in, you know, one of the top – 20 available receivers in people's minds and he's one of the next guys called when someone gets hurt um you know if not he's, he's got to figure something out i got kind of a plan b in mind that i'm not going to share on air but i think he's i think he's good enough to play in the nfl it's just a matter of finding the right fit um and i think there's a lot of guys like that too like i, I look at you like you were you, you were someone who played for four offensive coordinators in four years had ups and downs in colleges obviously more ups than downs but i think you're someone who if you were put in the right situation and maybe came out with more consistency out of college. Like, you're good enough to play in the NFL. It's just a matter of you never found that fit. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with, like, falling into the right place, like you said, like yeah. that fit. Like, there's guys, like you, like I said, you can go to that rookie minicamp and you can ball out. Right. But, like, like if the roster's full, like you said, like, it don't matter. Like, like they got to cut someone to keep you. Yeah, so exactly. Like, so, yeah. It's really not even personal. Like, you can be, no, like, some guys, you know, get into the right situation and they, they're in the league for five, six years, you right. know, just because that situation. That, that's how I look at, at Juwan. Like, Juwan is going to is gonna make an impact early on. So, like, he's going to really have a chance. Like, either, like, the bottom line is you, you, you get to a point in the NFL where you find out you're either good enough or you're not. No matter what the opportunities are. You yeah. can be a first-round pick and you're either good enough or you're not. So, like, Juwan, but, but at least you're going to, like, some guys don't even get the chance to prove that. Like, a Juju Wingate, like, he's got to find someone who's going to believe in him to keep him on the team. Like, he may never even get the chance to prove over an extended period if he's good enough or not. 
at least you know Jawan, like he's in the right fit. He's at a place that doesn't have a lot of receiver depth. You got Emmanuel Sanders who's leaving, who's going to be a free agent after this year. You got Cortland Sutton, who was a second pick, second round pick last year. Deshaun Hamilton was a fourth round pick last year. And then I got Juwan, who was a sixth round pick. So I think they're looking at those three guys as like the future. So he's going to really have a chance to be the fourth guy this year. Uh, the third guy after Emmanuel Sanders leaves. If he if he competes and plays better than anyone, he'll move up. But, you know, imagine he had gotten drafted to the Cleveland Browns. You know, they're loaded at receiver. They got, obviously, the two big guys. They got they got Juice and OBJ, but they have the kid Callaway. They got the kid Rashard Higgins. Like, those guys are, like, talented dudes. He could have gotten come there. Same person, same player who's going to be a, a, a have a 10-year NFL career but been buried on the depth chart for three years. Yeah, he gets, he gets practice squad, and then, you know, you know, human nature comes. You get, you know, frustrated. Who knows what happens? Yeah, and then two, all of a sudden you yeah. get in trouble. Like, 100%, bro. I think the other thing to worry about is the other way. I was having a conversation with him the other day, bro. I was like, there's there's three things that, that derail these people, like NFL guys' careers, what I've learned. Head blown up once you get that money. Like, I've seen so many people that, like, stop working, that come from nothing. They get that first million dollars their first year, and then they stop working. And they don't work as hard because they get complacent. They feel like they made it. But it's like, yo, you haven't made it till you sign that second contract. And and I never second contracts the big money. Second contract is that that five year, you know, forty five million dollar deal where you really are set for life. And and I, it's funny, I I never fault anyone who dogs it after their second contract. Like in all seriousness, because it's like yo, like like who are you to tell someone like they worked, they sacrificed their body, they overcame injuries, they trained, kept their body in shape for what? What does it take? Fifteen years to get your second contract from starting in high school all the way through, like starting in, in, in Pee Wee all the way through. Like you're talking about someone who dedicated their life to the game for 15 plus years, earned that second contract. Like if you're complacent, if you're good at that point, like you feel like, you know, you don't, you, like at that point it becomes, do you care about money or legacy? You've got the money. So now the only thing that's motivating you is, do you care about your long-term legacy? Some guys don't. Some guys were in it for, to, to get a check and take care of their family. And like, I don't fault a guy who's like, you know what, I, I'm not, I'm not putting the same into it. Once I got the second contract, like I made it, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like if you, if you are, if you are a CEO of a company and you sell it for $65 million, there's no one telling you you better go start another company right away. Like, like otherwise you're, otherwise, you know, you're soft. Otherwise you don't care. Like people judge these athletes, but like if I sell Sideline Hustle for $65 million, there's no one pressuring me to go start the next Sideline Hustle. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, you're, there's, and, and, and some of these guys, like I'm, I'm talking to Devonte Adams a lot. Like, like he, he's been a guy who's been heavily involved with Sideline Hustle. And he's his attitude is different than some of these other guys I, I've talked to. Whereas like some guys are getting paid full time and they're okay with just being a guy who's getting paid and they're taking care of their family. They're living out their they're living out their boyhood dream. Whereas like Devonte Adams, it ain't about that. Like he's trying to be the best receiver who ever lived, and he's looking for every ounce of any edge he can get, any information that might help him, any clip. Like he's looking for anything. Whereas other guys are like, yo, I figured this shit out a little bit, and like and like, but that's fine. I don't I don't judge them for that, right? Like who are you to judge someone who just signed a four year, sixteen million dollar deal? Like, I'm good making eight mil. That's what I mean. Like like yeah, you should be. I'd be good making eight eight mil too, but 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 people get judged for that so much like he's not committed he's not this like you don't know what it's like waking up sore every day for eight straight years you got to a point where now you can kick back a little bit like if, if that's what you want to do like more power to you that, that's my opinion on that i think i think people feel differently but like and that's why it's scary giving these guys that kind of money i think that's a real opinion you know what i'm saying like obviously you want to say oh yeah, everybody want to strive to be great and all that stuff but that's just a real that's just real that's just a real fact when you get to know and it's in, and it's like when you get to know these guys as humans like right it's easy to judge them as like these these things like these athletes these people with no personalities that hide behind a mask and are your fantasy football players you almost treat them like they're a commodity you know what i mean like these are human beings with with emotions with a body that hurts with a family they want to spend more time with like so like yo, if, if I, I just don't I just don't judge guys who check out after that second contract. I, I just like I can't because I, I don't know what it's like to get a sixty five million dollar bag 
and I can't sit here and tell you for sure that I wouldn't be checked out. Like, I can tell you right now, bro, like, like at some point, like, everyone, when you work so hard for something, like, this is, this is going to take, you know, 10, 15 years to build this to where we want it to be. Like, when that 10, 15 years is up and I feel like we've accomplished what we want to accomplish with Sideline Hustle, I don't know that I'm not going to want to take a deep breath and be like, yo, I'm good for a couple of years, you know what I'm saying? And that's without the physical the physical stress of, of lifting and working out every day and all that other element that, that people take for granted. So that that's that's it's it's been interesting learning a lot about this NFL business over the last year or so. And then one one more thing about that rookie minicamp stuff that it's so cutthroat that at the end of the practice they just they call you up and they just say if you get a, if you get approached by a coach um, you know you know that coach will say what he needs to say to you and if not you know thanks for coming right. <laughs> you know just like see you and then you gotta just like give everything back that you got you get to keep like the cleats maybe. Uh, yeah, like at Green Bay, I didn't even keep the cleats. At the Giants, they let us keep the cleats. Green Bay, we had to give back the cleats. Um, I remember I was hyped because they gave us a hoodie and it had like my name snitch, uh, snitch, stitched in like the back of it. And I was like, oh, I got this hoodie. It's fresh. And that day, I had to give it back. I'm like, damn. So I had to give everything back. But yeah, it's just like, thanks for coming. And that's it. Like, you don't know if you're ever going to get another shot. Yeah, it's crazy. That's like with Juju right now. Like, it's like this like weird situation where it's like, he just has to stay ready, like arbitrarily. He's got an agent who's working for him, but he's just like, I just gotta stay. So like, we're we're on a consistent schedule now, but like, and he's back home. He's getting a, a job to pay the bills a little bit. Like, he has no idea when that call is coming. So like, he can't afford. Like right now, you've got you also have no like. It's not like you're working towards yo. I'm working towards my All Star game coming up in two months. I'm working towards mini camp. Like where at least like you know there's that you that's a build up to it. Now he's just like yo. I gotta stay ready because if I take a week off and then they call me. And I come into the next tryout and I'm not at the top of my game. I'm not getting signed. So he's got to be ready to go to a tryout at a moment's notice. And that, that's a crazy life. As soon as somebody gets injured, they're looking for the next guy to come in. So you got to be ready to fly out on a whim the next day, get on a plane, go learn the playbook overnight and go out and ball. And, and, and that means you better have been running routes. You better have been lifting. You better be in shape. Like all those things. If you're if you're a kid like Juju who like is a D1 AA player, didn't have a great college career, had one good season. Like, they're not giving you second chances, third chances. Like, they're not. Like, you better come out ready and impress them from the jump. Otherwise, you're only going to have so many reps. So you got to make those reps count. Exactly. And and there's just the next guy up. Like, they'll just find someone else. Like, that, that's that's the thing is is it's it's cutthroat, man. It's, it's so interesting. And it's it's a blessing. How, like, you know, a lot of people, too, from the outside will turn their nose. Oh, he was only a six-round pick. Like, you know how crazy it is that Jamal was a six-round pick? Like, especially when you start talking about, the, like I said, the people he got drafted over. Stanley Morgan was like has career records at Nebraska. Like David Sills literally caught 30 touchdowns in his career. Like, so like Calvin Harmon was supposed to be a third round pick. Like Juwan was selected over all these guys, bro. And like it just speaks volumes to to the the his work ethic, his commitment to his craft. Like I told you, like just working with him is a pleasure, man. Like there's never we have these conversations where I'll explain what I'm thinking, he might disagree, and we'll come to an agreement. But there's never any attitude, yo, Juwan, that wasn't good enough. Like what the f are you doing? Like I get after him, and there's never any like, yo, why are you talking to me that way? Because there's this understanding that we're invested in making him better, and 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 because of that mentality, he's gonna be a 10, 15 year player in the NFL, bro, and it's gonna be great to watch. But that's it, man. Little recap, little intro to season three of the podcast. Um, Another cool update is like we're we're growing our our family the the crew every day. So now we I have some a big reason that the, we kind of took a, a hiatus on the podcast is I was producing every episode myself. So like it wasn't possible to get with these NFL guys, build the training business. The video content was kind of more important as far as getting our name out there and building the brand. So I couldn't do all that stuff and produce podcast episodes myself. So I've been kind of doing all that stuff looking for a podcast producer. We now have two guys who. 
uh, come from UMass. Uh, one kid who just graduated, one kid who's still up there running their radio program. So they're producing our podcast now. So for the first time, we're going to finish this recording. I'm going to send it to them. I'm never going to do anything until it hits the air. And so that's going to be great. So now that we've got that, we're going to start coming out with a podcast every week. So you can expect a, another podcast every week. Uh, consider this the intro to season three. Uh, we have a really, really great, top, in my opinion, a top five receiver in the NFL is coming on this Tuesday. Uh, stay tuned on Instagram for, those, for, for that update. But every Tuesday night, and then we'll repurpose that interview to another podcast episode. So hopefully we're going to get you one to two episodes a week. Um, we, we got a whole crew now kind of helping to produce the content, and, and we're rolling. So um, I appreciate you guys joining us. Hopefully those of you who have been the loyal podcast listeners over the last two, three years, uh, you guys are excited for us to be back, and, and we'll, we'll continue to grow this platform and, and get more content out for you. That's all we got. This is Coach Leaves and your everyday quarterback, Gary Nova, checking out. We'll see you guys soon. We out. Peace. Hold up, brother. Let me get this thing straight. Can't just be another random rapper with a mixtape. I just went and put another beat inside a pine box. I just went and took another trip way out to Biscay. I love Miami because they always treat me so well. They used to see me nowhere. I used to pull them by saying I run for the team. Now they running their hands through my head. They used to never want to see my town. I got them coming to the east side now. In the city where I reside now. When they move a little weight, let the D-line now. Running track or running back Gotta keep it moving, never running back never. We running the game and they running laps That's another story for another track See, from the sidelines We gotta hustle cause we gotta eat From the sidelines We got some goals that we still gotta reach Yeah Reach Yeah Stop